Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Welcome to Cop Father. I am Craig Brumell, along with my good buddy, Dennis Corimilis. How you doing, man? Good, broski. How are you, bud? So I'm doing, well, I'm doing okay. You know about how much I concern myself with the welfare and the safety of police officers everywhere. Something pretty disturbing just happened, and I want to get into this show, and we're going to have other guests on regarding this also. Julian Fantino is going to join us later. But I just read a headline in the only publication I could find, and it was a, a York Region, I guess, newsletter or newspaper. And the headline was, A Gap in Supervision, which was a quote from a judge who had just released a guy after beating a cop. The man who beat a York Regional police officer so badly that he fractured his skull in a now infamous video at the start of the pandemic has been found not criminally responsible for his actions. The subject... The accused, who was living in Markham, Ontario, which is uh, north of Toronto, was originally charged with attempted murder of Police Constable Andrew Vareo of the York Region Police Service. An unprovoked attack, which took place March 27, 2020, in an empty parking lot in the Richmond Hill, Hillcrest Mall. Both the Crown and the defense requested that the accused be found not criminally responsible before Justice David Rose, who obviously had to agree. The subject's story is one of a troubled young man and a system that failed to properly care for him or society at large, including the victim police officer. And this is Rose, the judge, saying in his decision. 
It all began with the accused wearing a white biohazard suit fresh from lockup the day before approaching the victim officer who was sitting in his police cruiser in an empty parking lot. Once outside of the vehicle, the much larger accused begins punching, kicking, and then beating him, the officer, with his own baton as the officer lay helplessly on the ground. Thankfully, when the accused went for the officer's use of force belt, including his loaded firearm, the officer was able to fight him off and control that situation. However, at the same time, Varejo still suffers as a result. PC Varejo speaks in terms of the incident having destroyed him. He now questions his faith in the justice system, which he has sworn to uphold. This incident has left Constable Varejo with physical and real emotional scarring. The court heard that the accused was suffering delusions, which led up to the attack on the police officer. He believed he was the Messiah and that God was speaking directly to him. He believed he was getting shot at, but that the bullets just weren't getting through. In his delusion, he was told to attack PC Varejo, believing that he was carrying out God's command. This is not the first time the accused, originally from Nigeria, has dealt with mental health issues or the law. Each time, he was released, often immediately after the apprehension. The accused, after graduating from computer science degree in Windsor, Ontario, 2018, began working but quickly lost his job after experiencing paranoid symptoms, including hearing voices of people mocking him. A month later, he was prescribed antipsychotic medication and released from the Windsor Regional Hospital. In June 2019, he was admitted to the same hospital and then discharged again. He began to further spiral after losing his job during the pandemic. On March 21, 2020, he was seen at the Markham Stouffville Hospital and discharged two days later. Then on March 24th, he encountered with police that resembled suicide by cop. He was in a highly psychotic state and asked to be shot by police. This is before the beating the cop took. On March 26, he was given bail again after he began kicking his Markham roommate in the head because the man asked to borrow $4. The judge took a moment in his reasoning to explain his concerns regarding society's inability to care for the mentally ill in the community. The judge says, I share the concerns for the victims. What is clear to me from my years as a judge is that there is a gap in supervision for those who are released on bail with mental illness and have no established institutionalized support. The judge did pay tribute to Vero, saying, if the subject accused had got his gun, the incident could have been much worse. The judge says, I hope that with time, PC Vero will find a way to see that the valor of his conduct is indeed a vindication of his life goals. I'm really sickened, buddy. I mean, the question comes up that, obviously, if this guy does it to a copper, he could do it to anybody. Walks out of court, no jail time. But who's accountable for this? And it's, it's a bigger picture than just this police officer who protects the uniform, which protects the citizens for this from happening again. Obviously, there was a medical report that came in because the Crown agreed to this also. But then who's responsible? Healthcare, the doctors that were treating this guy, the people that were releasing him from hospitals and bail, criminal justice system. Should there be an investigation into those people now? I think that's what the judge is saying here. Somebody has to be held accountable. 
I don't hear anything. It's not even in the main media. What happened here? The uh, obviously a guilty. It's peripheral. It is so peripheral. It, it, the, the three things that immediately came to mind because I didn't know the entire backstory. A three scenarios. One, if this guy gets a gun with God whispering to him, he kills 15, 20, 25 people in an afternoon. He goes to a school. He goes to a church. Son of Sam, God whispering, I got to do this. So yeah. that happens. Number two, the restraint. You can't watch the thing and breathe normally because it's unrelenting. You think you're watching a snuff film. It's You think he's going to die in front of you. And so he showed restraint. Now, he, the, the guy was a big guy with martial arts, it looked like. The third thing that comes to mind, this is five minutes away from my folks in Richmond Hill at Hillcrest, young and 16. There were cars driving by, bro. There were cars driving by in the top of the frame. No one stopped. No one at least to yell, hey, what do you do? Like nothing, nothing, man. Well, I've, I've said this before also, Dan, there is another witness to this, and that's the person taking the video. And I, I would love to find out if the person who didn't stop videoing this got on the phone to call 911. I'm hoping that's what this person did. I don't know. I don't, I don't, for some reason, I just don't think that happened. I, like, was the person taking the video? It looks like it's a phone. Yes. So how did he or she end up? They didn't obviously call the police. And you're right. The car is driving by. It was so obvious. It's a huge parking lot. It's only the white police car, the officer, and the accused, who is in a bright white suit. And they just kept driving. And did they keep driving and thinking, like, what were they thinking after the citizens of, was there any guilt? And you know what, Dennis? There's a lot of likes on that video. I saw that. He deserved it. I wonder what the cop did. Yeah. And he restrained. This is defunding the police. This is anti-police. This is what they want. But do the coppers want this? Are the, the leaders of law enforcement? Is this, this guy got away with this now. Okay. The medical side of this, but should there be other investigations with healthcare, with the justice system? Somebody has got to be accountable for this. If the copper died, they would have stayed out there with some likes. So what do we do now? For the next time, and for this officer, obviously he's made it clear in his victim impact statement, he's lost total trust in the justice system because the person that's representing him, the Crown, has agreed to this. Now, the Crown might be Crown might have said, listen, our hands are tied. We got the psychologists and the doctors that come forward and say, no, he, he was out of his mind. He was off his meds. He was like, you know, it, it, it's not, it, it was not his fault. Okay, well, then whose fault was it? Who was supervising this guy? The judge may, I think the judge is sending a statement here. Somebody's accountable. Find out who to protect this police officer. The next police officer, and you're right, Dennis, this guy takes out a gun and starts blowing away a school or walks into the mall. I'm upset because it's like, what's the York Region Police Service doing about this? Are they investigating healthcare? Are they investigating the last doctor this guy saw? The JP or the judge that released him multiple of times. There's such a history here. It's just, it's sickening. And it's just, to me, it's just a did sickening. He, did he fall through the cracks? Uh, he fell through the yeah, cracks, he, obviously. Yeah, and yeah, it was he did. Left so who's responsible for that? Usually the police have shot a man like that. In that situation, the guy is dead. Usually 
They have to shoot, whether it's a knife. I'm going to ask you this. Was this because the timing, and we were about to go into a massive pandemic, there was panic, there was fear. How did this story also fall through the cracks? Well, there, you know, going back, there were some stories about it, and there isn't anybody in the media, you know, politicians, responsible people in society that didn't think this was horrible to see, just horrible, right? Nobody expected the result in the last few days that this guy was just going to walk out. Now, the courts, the Crown, the defense did their job. They look like their hands were tied. There's nothing else we can do. Well, there is. Investigate why it got to this. Go back six months or a year. Have somebody investigate this and follow his footsteps leading up to that moment and find out who he saw, who he was involved with. I'm talking about the professionals here, whether it's justice system or healthcare, and start asking questions and holding people responsible. I'm not talking civil suit here. I don't know if there is one or not. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm talking about holding a group or an individual responsible for what happened here. And it looks like, and I hope I'm wrong, it looks like it's just a dead issue now. They they just expect this officer to go on with his life and, you know, suck suck it up. He was more than justified Uh, taking out out the gun and, and killing this guy. Like halfway through the video <laughs> not till the end this was this was this guy was trying to kill him could have been another cop by suicide he already tried it once before it could have been another one the first time cop by suicide what happened with healthcare after what happened with who he was seeing the doctors where was the supervision these are legitimate questions that the judge was asking now who's responsible now i would have taken it upon myself and said okay I'm finding three or four of the best detectives out there who are retired. Here's your job. Go find, get me answers. Not just to protect that officer, but the bigger picture of the next one. And I don't care what you have to do or who you piss off. Find out who's responsible for this guy jumping and trying to kill this police officer who just walked out a free man. Are you allowed in police work and detective work within the legal frame for the greater good of a society, are you allowed to go and open up the notes and see a I, month wait, before? Dennis, you know me. I didn't give a shit about that. I would just find out. I don't give a crap yeah. about. Let's just find out. I was there to protect police officers. This this officer was not protected by the system. So if we got to create the protection, we will. But this isn't protecting society. If he does it to a cop in a police car in uniform, Dan, is your, your mom and dad are walking down the street. What's to stop him from attacking them? And they live in that neighborhood. I would say, okay, hold on. We're, we're investigating this now. Now we're going to look into this and we're going to find out why. I don't know if he was off his meds, but obviously doctors have come forward to say he's not criminally responsible. There was a report filed, an assessment. Great. Got it. Done. Let's go back before this incident, five minutes before the incident, and work back a year. Just go back a year and find out everybody he came across. He was beating up neighbors in his building. Go back and talk about everything and what happened next, what meds, what supervision. That's where I wanted to go with this. I don't even know. I got to ask questions. I don't even know if that's happening. I hope it is. 
There should be no amount of money spared on this. If it's an expensive process, pay the money to get to the bottom of why this happened. Go back and look into it and see who failed. Somebody failed. It wasn't the copper. It looks like it wasn't the accused. Okay, well, who got us to this point? It's a chain of events. It's failure upon failure. It's a whole thing. That's why if he was saying, I want to do this for God, if there are people that knew his violent fantasies, his literally the death wish or the the, the destruction or what he wanted to do because of the voices, aren't you supposed to call the police and get them off the street? Isn't the, the Hippocratic Oath that doctors have, aren't they supposed to call the cops? Well, yeah, but Dennis, let's talk about the irony right now, okay? They don't want the cops to do these calls. They would not be sending police now, with changes coming, uh, whether police respond to mental health. There's a lot of what the fuck going on here right now. They wouldn't be doing this call. They don't want this. Obviously, the justice system don't want it. This guy walking down the street in a white jumpsuit, they're not going to send the police to this. They're going to send the new team of, I guess, health care people. Because that talk's been going on since this happened. So we're a year into the incident, over a year. Courts have washed their hands of it, done. But the whole system, some people in the system, including a lot of politicians, don't even want the coppers attending this guy. Okay, And this guy didn't give a shit if he was a cop or not. So these, these are the groups of people that the new changes, the new team is going to be dealing with. Not, th- not this copper. He won't be attending these calls. So they're getting what they want. But nobody's even talking about that. This is, this is a bad video that nobody's even saying, we're sending these unarmed people to go deal with this guy. That's what's happening here. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. This video should be the turning point. I think it's two things. This video should be used to inform the new plan of attack on these situations. The second thing that I think is if police officers are at home after their shift and watch this, they're saying, I'm never going to let that happen to me. I hope so. I don't, I don't know now though, Dennis, I don't, I, I gotta be honest with you. There's been other incidents. This is over a year old. There's been other incidents that have happened similar. So obviously the training's changing. It's very disturbing from the beginning till now. The, the courts, and it looked like their hands were tied, 
But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what happens now in protecting this police officer and the next officer, because this will happen again with the same results. They got to look into this. Somebody has to find out why this happened. And I hope it's happening. And hopefully we can get to some answers on this. It's a very important and really dastardly thing to see. I'm going to be interested to hear what uh, former Chief Fantino has to say about this coming from York Region also. So thank you for bringing this up. I think it's very important for the, the health and safety of not only the police, but the city. The city. I agree, buddy. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. So continuing on with our conversation, uh, now joining us is a good friend of mine, Julian Fantino, past police chief of the Toronto Police Service, uh, OPP commissioner, London Police Service, and York Regional Police Service. Uh, Julian was the chief up there, knows the area well, knows the service well, and we're continuing on our conversation about situation in the courts where an uh, officer was almost beaten to death, uh, Hillcrest Mall in York region. The judge after the crown and the defense agreed that the subject was not criminally responsible, decided he had no choice but to let the person free. But he makes a comment that there was a lack of supervision on this subject, this accused before the courts. What does that mean? Where do we go from now? Not just to protect this police officer, but police officers in the future. And this could have been a horrific situation the video, people would be watching it, waiting for this cop to die, and it's a real bad situation. I feel made it worse because I want to know now what happens now, who should be held responsible, whether it's health care or the justice system, and I want to get into this with Julian. Julian, you know the area well. You were the chief. It's not a good situation. I don't think it's a good day for law enforcement. It looks like the court's hands were tied. There was a report came from the health care about this, the mental health of this uh, party, the accused before the courts. But the judge really, if you're looking at a decision, is making comment about somebody's responsible here. What happened to lead this, whether it's healthcare, the doctors, medication, the lack of the justice system. He did try suicide by cop a year ago. Let me ask you as a, as a friend and a, a professional cohort, how do you feel about the whole situation here? Well, as you know, Craig, I commented that when the incident first happened and uh, certainly the... the Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. This officer, for all of his efforts, uh, and in spite of that, he he did suffer some very serious injuries, and and those will be lifelong-lasting 
situations for him and his family. But I did uh, follow through on the the numbers of, of contacts that particular individual, the accused at the time, uh, had uh, with the justice system, the uh, the mental health system, and all of that. And obviously, as the judge correctly pointed out, he uh, ended up basically a failure within the system. And and of course, the police officer suffered the consequences of all of that. So I've always maintained, and I know that some people have taken exception to me making reference to uh, police officers having become the janitors of society, because when everything else fails, and uh, so many people are able to skate and squirm and get away from uh, accountability, very often the police officer on the street is left to deal with situations. And invariably, uh, things very often go sideways. And I'm not making apologies for any wrongdoing on the part of any police officer. But in my experience in some 40 years in law enforcement, police officers go to work every day trying to do the best they can in the service of others, putting themselves in in harm's way. And then uh, their actions end up going under the microscope and become the butt of so many critics, uh, armchair critics, uh, who have their own agendas at play. So I feel the judge did what obviously he was compelled to do in the circumstances. But certainly, this is one case where there ought to be an inquiry. There ought to be some kind of an inquisition as to how is it that uh, after all these years of uh, this individual having contact, conflict really with the criminal justice system uh, in some very serious circumstances, and also having been in, in the care of the health care system through a revolving door, in and out, in and out of institutions when he was being admitted for obviously having mental health issues. And at the end of the day, we know what happened. So I feel that it can't be left that way. You know, if, if we don't take lessons learned and try and fix these issues, then they'll just keep repeating themselves. And the next confrontation this individual is going to have with another police officer may be a, a, an even more serious tragedy. Yeah, and we've talked. I mean, he his de-escalation was incredible. The officer, uh, incredibly brave on how he handled it. And there's no second guessing here. He, I mean, it looks like now, a year later after the incident, this is what a lot of people in society want on the de-escalation side of it. But I, I mean, I've said this publicly. He was more than justified, uh, especially once this guy tried to get his gun. This officer uh, is lucky to be alive. The judge made comment that he is suffering both physically and emotionally right now, uh, rightfully so. There's no ending for him, and actually for the entire law enforcement society. And I just hope there's something going on behind the scenes that you and I don't know about to get to the bottom of this. Well, you know, very often, uh, you and I have been through it uh, up, down, and sideways over many years, but... uh, the spotlight is invariably on police officers, uh, the things they do, why they do them, and the circumstances in which they're called upon to even use uh, extreme force, if you will. But the one thing that's never factored by the critics, the armchair critics, or the Monday morning quarterbacking and, and those who step forward on these uh, issues, what's never factored in there is the emotional response that a police officer who faces danger, imminent danger, who, like every one of us, is entitled to get home at the end of the day and has family and other concerns, 
as a human being to, to, to deal with. But it's never taken, the criticism is never taken in the context of the emotion and the trauma of dealing with a, a high-risk situation where in a split second, uh, an officer might lose their lives as often as the case. And we've been to far too many police funerals to know any different. But so here's one situation where the officer acted bravely. I did find uh, in, in the circumstances that he, he could have done many other things. And then he would have been the subject of so much criticism yeah. later, no doubt. But I think it's really important. And a judge gave a signal there uh, that this has been a long time in the making. Yeah. So many, so many issues have fallen through the cracks. And, and, and so why not take this example as we do with every incident involving the police, the SIU and oversight bodies and whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, why don't we, uh, why doesn't society arm itself with this information now to see what can be done to prevent similar occurrences from happening in the future? Because there will be other encounters involving mentally ill uh, individuals and police officers, be assured. So the Solicitor General or whoever who is entrusted with the responsibility of uh, safeguarding the accountability of the police, if you will. Uh, this is an item that I think needs to be looked at. And, and I would like to suggest as well that when it comes to these kinds of duties, responsibilities, commitments, and, and, and accountabilities, no one's off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, police officers certainly aren't. Right. And neither should be those people who are making these decisions about uh, the system of mental health care, whether it's adequate, whether an example of this nature can be used to prevent other occurrences likewise from happening. So I guess that's my rant, uh, Craig. Uh, You've probably heard it many times before, but it seems to be that uh, the police are constantly under the microscope and that's okay. I mean, that's part of the job, but I don't think that anybody else should get a pass. Well, to go even further, there are some other disturbing situations in the video. There are a number of cars that are driving by. Nobody stopped to help. The person on taking the video didn't stop to call 911. They just kept videoing. So there's some side effects here that are also have to be looked into. There's no doubt that a lot of people saw this. Obviously, the backup wasn't close enough. It took a long time for the backup to come. So do we need more officers on the street? Cars driving by. It obviously, in the middle of a parking lot, this person who was very large, wearing a white suit, bright police car, and the cop getting the shit kicked out of him. But I go even further, and we see it all the time, Julian. The people taking the videos don't stop to help and or even call 911. So it's I think it's an even bigger problem. Well, you know, we've all been there. There by the grace of God go I and you as well and every other police officer that are out there. And, you know, there used to be a time when walking the beat uh, alone uh, in the nighttime, one thing or another, we, we used to count on cab drivers to yep. stop by and help us. And they did yep. because they absolutely. had a radio we didn't. Tow truck so, drivers. Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think there was a, a relationship that transcended uh, who wore what uniform and who drove what car and who was who people did stop to help the police. And I think that the reason I didn't end up uh, in, in a 
much more worse circumstance many a time is because I did get the help uh, at a crucial time from a passerby. But today, today, in today's reality, instead of helping the police officers, they're all busy taping and, and videoing and yeah. whatever. And then, of course, it becomes big drama uh, when people don't know the facts or the circumstances and they interpret what they see on, on a video or other information. So I, I do want to get back to one thing, though, that... Uh, the association, the police associations now with this particular case, and I don't know what plans are in place, but I think they need to be motivated to uh, to ask about accountability for the profession, for police officers, for this particular police officer who uh, must feel absolutely and totally betrayed by the system. And I'm not, system, I'm not saying that the system didn't work. I'm just saying that it didn't work for him. Well, Julian, I, I, we talked about this many times, the, uh, and we work together on this. Whether it's the chief or the police association, they are the protectors of that officer. And if there's a wrong, well, I'm not talking about supporting bad coppers here. I'm talking about the good ones like this officer here. The chief, the command, the police union should be working together to get to the bottom of this to make sure it doesn't happen again. Well, you're very right. I mean, you know, I, I can look at this item of accountability from many different aspects. But when I had a police officer in my command that uh, went offside and, you know, being human beings, there is that situation that happens at times. I always wanted to know why, Mm -hmm. Uh, what went wrong, what failed, what failed that officer? Because very often there are indicators or there are issues where intervention would have prevented something going terribly wrong. And this is one of those cases where I think the mental health system uh, needs to have a review, a look and see. We have a case on point. We have the validation of a very senior judge who sat on the case and listened to the facts, who made, uh, I think, very, very good comments about how he saw the situation unfold. And basically, it goes back to who's accountable, like like. Where's the answers for this? Uh, reading his decision, you made a good point. I, I thought he was very frustrated. I thought he had some frustration <laughs> in his decision. Absolutely. I mean, he he, uh, he framed it in the context of how uh, a person in his position could only do. I mean, he, he, you know, he had a joint submission by both the Crown and, and the defense representing a, a position, uh, a united front, a united position. Uh, he could only accept that approach. But he did highlight the numbers of interaction and circumstances in the history of this particular individual where obviously in his judicial overview, the system failed. And and that's really something that is serious in nature because not only did we almost have a police officer uh, murdered, but we had an individual engaged uh, who had as we say very often, falling through the cracks. But let's go back and have a look at all that. And not use it as, a, as, as an opportunity to criticize or to demean or to otherwise deflect blame, but to use that information to fix what is actually broken. I often said the system is broken. This is one glaring example that, that uh, vindicates that comment. Well, I think the system owes it to the officer to get to the bottom of this more than anything. 
his family and, and every police officer that's out there yeah. that uh, tomorrow or in the next hour might face, face a similar circumstance. As you know, this is not the only confrontation that police officers have had over the years that you and I have been involved in where the police officer ended up having to use uh, even deadly force mm-hmm. to defend themselves and to carry out their lawful duties. But, you know, then there's a big criticism and a lot of investigative work and the brain trust uh, uh, always have a, a, a view of things that uh, reflect very often in a negative way uh, about what police officers are all about, what they try to do and their, their legitimate contribution to an orderly and, and law-abiding society. Since the decision, a uh, vast majority, 99% of the officers out there doing their job, protecting society. I remember when I was the unit commander at 31 Division and we had many a situation involving the York Finch Hospital, the, 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 the mental health unit there where our people would take people and they'd wait an hour or two for the uh, psychiatrist, psychologist to do an interview with an individual. They'd spend a half an hour or so with them and they'd turn them back out. There's a lot of these people now, walking time bombs, they're out there. And when they go offside, as you well know, who do people call? Yeah. yeah. Who do they call? Yeah, and no what do they what. expect a police officer to do? You know, the irony here, I talked about it earlier in the podcast, the irony here, Julian, is the way they want it now with mental health. And if this guy was confronting other people, there's a good chance that some new team of psychologists would have been showing up now. Well, you know, I, I don't I don't object to, uh, you know, finding better ways of dealing with people. But when people are, are are totally and absolutely out of control and violent, as this particular individual was, like, who in the mental health profession is going to deal with them? Who? Yeah. Well, they, they, they've had a chance and they failed. I think the judge was like, read between the lines. Somebody has to look into why this happened. The crown's <laughs> hands were tied. And it depended on which psychologist you get too, to give but this I, report. I, I guess if I was running the association or if I was a police chief in York these days, and I'm not second guessing people, but I, I would want to take this as a case example about yeah. what more needs to be done, not to be punitive about this, but to prevent further or more or other similar cases because as i said the janitors of society when everything else fails everything else breaks down will always be the police officer you got it i I used to talk about some of the critics that uh, jump into a a situation um, could not even pass police recruit training no let alone let alone walk in the shoes of a police officer they couldn't even do detail number one no go go get the staff sergeant's lunch they couldn't even do that (laughs) Always a pleasure, my friend. Stay safe. We'll you talk as soon. well, Craig. Thanks. Take care. Anybody wants to get a hold of us, go to info at copfather.com. This is Copfather. See you soon. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.